Welcome back to Two Dudes Watch Cartoons, the podcast where two dudes, that is us, watch cartoons. My name is Evan. And my name is Alex. We got a special guest here. Uh, We've already started. I'm going to introduce him at the top. (laughs) We have the winner of Big Brother Canada Season 10, Kevin Jacobs. Kevin, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited. As I was just mentioning, big fan. We've talked back and forth. And uh, just on a whim, I asked you if you wanted to cover this with us. And you were like, hell yes. And I was like, I love that response. (laughs) So thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm fired up to be the third dude today. Yeah. Uh, you you nailed it with the topic. I'm a GDT fanboy. I am also a GDT, I don't want to say obsessive, because <laughs> I do find him sometimes to be too much, but I really, really love the man unconditionally with all of his flaws. Perfect. Perfect. Well, today we are talking about Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio movie on Netflix, before we do get into that, I need to fan a little over Big Brother. So we are going to take just a quick Big Brother. I have a couple questions for you. First of I know. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I knew you were ready for it. Kevin, first off, I have only played Big Brother online with like other nerds, not like in a serious sense. But what I love about your game is I'm not going to lie. In my mind, it's like textbook. You do what you should go out to Big Brother and want to do. You were on the block week one in the last week, correct? That's the mm. only times if my memory is serving. And the finale, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yes, yes. The, the, at the very, very end. Yeah. So the, the, just at the very beginning of very end, you were able to sit on the block and survive. And this is because this is a man after my own heart. You didn't win a single HOH. In my opinion, <laughs> an HOH is good. It gives you safety. But you also got to get a lot of blood on your hands. And, and I... This leads me to my first question. Do you think winning an HOH does more net good to win or more net bad in the game of Big Brother? It does more net good. You just have to make the right decisions. And I was in a season where people were frequently, sometimes due to my influence, making the wrong decision. Sometimes, he says. Kevin, I'm I'm not even... Kevin oftentimes convinced people to do things that were probably not in their best interest. And it was so fun (laughs) to watch. And I... I feel like your castmates and a lot of people really underestimated you, but the entire time I was watching, I was like, no, this guy knows exactly what he is doing. You know what? I think we all have a plan. And then the first week I got put up, like you said, and if anybody's listening to this, they're not a a big, big brother fan. If you're nominated for eviction in the first week, typically that's a death knell. You, you are likely losing the game, even if you don't go home that week. You're going to be on the block a bunch of times yeah. if you survive. And then I was like, screw it. I'm going to have a blast. I'm going to swing for the fences. I have nothing to lose at this point. And that kind of gave me the permission to just go out and yeah. do what I thought was right. No, I love that. So this is my question for you. There are two yeah. very different, uh, well, I guess three, like you said, at the two at the end and one at the beginning. Which time were you more scared sitting on the block? Do you think like week one where you're like, oh my God, this could end so early or towards the end where you're like, I'm so close, like it can't end now. 
I was pretty confident then that I was going to be sitting in the final two. Like, so, so I was in danger at the final four and the final three. Mm -hmm. I knew I was, I was making it through each round, but the first week, especially having not played before, I always like this when you have a bunch of new people playing a reality show, no one has any idea what they're doing. And yeah, I had a bunch Mm -hmm. of people telling me I was safe the first week. Uh, the woman I was on the block with was bawling her eyes out because she'd sort of been told, like, you're going home. And I felt for her, but you never know. So I was terrified. Uh-huh. You never know. No, yeah. that makes sense. I got one last question, big brother, yeah. that we're going to jump on here. Your big Twitter guy. Did you recognize yeah. Kyle Moore going into the house? I did. You did. I, <laughs> That's so, so funny. So I saw him and I was like, where do I know this guy yeah. from? Because it's also... There, the day you walk in, there's so much stimulation. The brightest lights you've ever seen. The the Big Brother Canada houses are like <laughs> decorated in wild ways. Um, beautiful. The biggest, the 15 biggest personalities you've ever met in your life. So I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. And then I got it and I wanted to use it as a way to bond. But before that, he yeah. told the whole house. Yeah, I was going to say, he uh, ended up telling it, but I had a feeling yeah. you, you would recognize it. I just, because yeah. it was yeah. a big deal. This guy named Kyle Moore. W- was like listed in the big brother cast and people found him on Twitter. Oh, and it was the wrong Kyle Moore. But then what does big brother Canada do next season? They put the new <laughs> Kyle Moore in the, it was wild. I was, you know, it didn't work out probably as well as some people would have liked, but it was funny as hell to me. Let's get it. Thanks for indulging me, Kevin. That was, that's fun. <laughs> so let's, um, I'm glad I picked a good movie for you. Cause it was random. I reached out to you. I said, do you want to cover Pinocchio? And so you're a fan. Tell me a little bit about your love slash, uh, uh you said sometimes not as much love of Guillermo del Toro. So I, I think I saw the first Hellboy when it came out. Um, and then slowly as I got into, into film, like he was one of the people that I always enjoy his, I haven't seen every, every movie in his catalog, but like, Pan's Labyrinth is one that stands out to me that I've seen over the years, how I view it changes over the years. Uh, I think I saw Shape of Water. So I have, a, I have a very close connection to TIFF. TIFF is my time of year, the Toronto International Film Festival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if he has a movie here, I'm seeing it. I believe I saw Shape of Water at the festival, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I love Nightmare Alley. I don't think it got the love that it deserved. I love being duped into seeing Crimson Peak as if this is some sort of horror movie when really it was just uh, a sad Tom Hiddleston for the entire movie. Like I, I, I love the man and yeah. it's so personal to him. Uh-huh. He had a touring museum. I didn't know this. It was oh. called. So Guillermo has this, you're going to be going. So he has this house called the bleak house that he lives in. And the bleak house is what? named after the Charles Dickens book. Okay. Cause he's obsessed with Victorian culture and the bleak house is packed with all of these monsters, lifelike images. He has like a 20-foot face of Frankenstein hanging, and they took the Bleak House on tour, and you had (laughs) these props from the set, all sorts of interesting videos, a real-life imitation of his rain room, which is where he writes, which is a simulated thunderstorm room with rain. It was incredible. And after I went to that, I love the guy. That's I awesome. think I would love a rain room. I'm just now hearing it for the first time mm-hmm. ever, but I think I could get a lot of work done in a rain room. That's amazing to me. Um, something you said that really stuck out to me was um, about Pan's Labyrinth, how when you watch the movie throughout the years, it changes sort of. And I think that is the sign of like a, a classic movie 
when you yeah. watch it more than once and you're like, whoa, I took a whole new different meaning from this. And I have a feeling that this uh, this Pinocchio movie could be one of those. I saw Taylor Swift called it an instant classic. Not that, uh, you know, she's Pinocchio? a movie. Pinocchio okay. Oh, okay. today. She did it today on her Instagram story. Wow. said it was an instant classic. Wow. She'll never stop crying. And yeah. it's not like she's one to be like promoting all these movies and everything. So it must have really, uh, really spoke to her. Guillermo del Toro, it's been announced, will direct uh, a, a Dr. Frankenstein movie for Netflix. And oh, Oscar no Isaac is being eyed to star. So See, pretty interesting development. That's awesome. This is announced? It was announced? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't Evan, know you're breaking news here. I don't we, know that, that we do that Isaac sometimes. Official, we... but, but he is but directing. That's, it's, he's Frankenstein being slated to. Awesome. That's yeah. great. And I love, well, it, not me talking good about Netflix again. I love Netflix because I feel like they really give this guy the creativity. Like a lot of movie studios, I feel like do not want to put on a movie that took two and a half years to make about a childhood story that they don't know is going to do well. But this, I'm not kidding. I don't want to, I, I sound very hyperbolic on this podcast all the time. This may have been the best new movie of the year that I've watched. I, I was so blown away. I went into it thinking I was going to like it. And I was absolutely floored. I have come to the conclusion we recently covered um, Corpse's Bride. Guillermo mm -hmm. del Toro is what Tim Burton thinks he or like wants to be. But Guillermo yeah, del Toro yeah. is like walk <laughs> yeah. in the walk, baby. Yeah. This movie was it was not just a couple of years in the making. He announced it yeah. in 2008. So this has been like a, a 15 year passion project for Guillermo Crazy. del Toro. And then it comes together and you have like Kate Blanchett playing a month. You know, I found this out. Maybe I'm not kidding. 15 minutes ago, I was watching the credits <laughs> and I go, who was Kate Blanchett? And I go, Spazzatura? Not Spazzatura. I go, what? How did I miss this? Uh -huh. And I love Spazzatura. Like, oh my God. That's it. The show, the movie made me fall in love with an, uh, an evil one-eyed monkey played by mm -hmm. Kate Blanchett great it's great okay mm -hmm. let's um obviously the whole the, pinocchio is a fairy tale that disney classically popularized when did the original pokemon pinocchio come out does anyone know i didn't do my homework probably like the 40s i don't know yeah long no, long ass there. time ago but it was based off of a very old and scary italian novel oh was mm. the novel scary see this is news to me that's cool I think all of these fairy tales that Disney like co-opted yeah. came from these screwed up monstrous stories that they're like, yeah, this makes sense for children. <laughs> like this is kids, yeah. kids material here. Yeah. I remember when Pinocchio turned into a donkey as a kid that like actually right. terrified me. And I was so happy he didn't turn into a donkey in the new one. Cause there's this talk of like the twin film phenomena, ants mm -hmm. and bugs life coming out at the same time. Uh, no strings attached, and whatever the other one was, just friends. <laughs> and then two, literally two Pinocchio movies uh, coming out in the same year. Guillermo del Toro announced this back in 2008. Do you think Disney was just trying to cash in on it again? Like, well, it's like can't yeah. let someone else make money off of this. <laughs> like, well, they probably were trying to beat like that intellectual property deadline thing. I guess if he announced it in 2008, it's open material. But like, yeah. they they want Disney's always trying to stay relevant. That's like their whole True. jam. They're like, you're yeah. not going to be the only Pinocchio. And I haven't seen this. This is just bravado. But by all accounts, the other Pinocchio is just horrendous. Like, yeah. garbage. I haven't heard one person no. say anything complimentary. I'm yes. not going to lie. We're covering Pinocchio, and I forgot about it till you just mentioned it. Evident it had Tom Hanks. <laughs> so it got a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and for me. research purposes, I was like, you know, just to compare, I'm going to watch this. 
and the first 20 minutes, no joke, is Tom Hanks mumbling to himself, walking around his little workshop, talking about his dead son. But it, it like, it's not engaging or compelling. It's just like, it, it's like you're watching a sad community theater one man show like <laughs> it's it's pretty bad uh and i turned it off and then i just start re-watching uh guillermo's pinocchio so yeah no need to check it out absolutely not good to know so mm-hmm. the highlight of this movie or i don't know if it's the highlight but it is stop motion it's clay motion claymation this is the b- most beautiful well done yeah. stop motion i have ever seen in my life like if you mm-hmm. if if he wasn't telling us and giving us behind the scenes looks at it, I wouldn't believe him. I'd be like, nah, it's a computer dog. I don't believe you. Yeah. Just for clarification, it's stop motion, not claymation. What? Oh, so I'm an idiot. What's the difference? I mean, I think claymation is perhaps a form of stop motion. Oh, okay. 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 You use clay. And this one, they are like mechanical like, puppets that you maneuver. Gotcha. 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 I just always equated Pinocchio. the two as the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but yes, because I've seen him touring with the little Pinocchio puppet. I think it's so funny. I love it. It's so cute. He's getting pictures with him everywhere. Uh I think you make a really good point. Like, a lot of these characters should not have any kind of emotions associated with them. Yes. Uh, Ewan McGregor as as the the cricket. What's what's his name? Sebastian. Sebastian J. Cricket. Cricket. Sebastian J. Cricket. You should not care about this cocky cricket at all. You shouldn't care. I mean, the puppet obviously like, you you have to bring to life. Mm-hmm. Um, what about even even the uh, Tilda Swinton characters, the the sprites or whatever they are, Death mm-hmm. and the other one? Yeah, to actually have those characters come to life is unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. They all have like such personalities. It's like a very uh, like I mean, and I'm sure this is what he would classify it as. It's like a super dark fairy tale. It really has that fairy tale feel to it, which is so good. And I know he's like a monster. uh, um, He's like a monster movie guy. I think he nailed the monster movie vibe. But like Pinocchio is not like your typical monster. You know what I mean? He's a cute little boy. And he's like, I want to go to school, Papa. But like, you know, he is it's still in this the world of the living, if you will, versus it, it was just a mm-hmm. really cool take on such a classic story. Like he included so many elements of the original story, but he really made it his own. It's during, um, and and maybe the original story is, and I don't know this, but it takes place in uh, wartime in Italy, which is That's also really second. weird. We've had, <laughs> we're back to back in Italy wartime podcasts unintentionally. Post-World War One, yeah. Post-World War One, really weird. We covered uh, Porco, Porco Rosso and, uh, uh great movie but we and and yeah. we've been doing like uh stop motion movies well i was like we've yeah. been covering a lot of the same things but this movie is well the wartime italy is like a big part of it but it is not like your typical wartime themes you know what i mean like porco rosso was like war changes a man and like this that would this was like just for the setting like i don't know how to describe yeah, it. it was it colors like, the film colors for sure. it yeah, yeah 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 he does go to a, an italian war camp as a super soldier, yeah. as <laughs> he someone who captain, cannot yeah. be killed. Yeah. He was their Captain America. He literally yeah. was for a while. It's like a Superman Red Sun situation. Uh-huh. That was so funny. I was trying really hard to place Ron Perlman's voice. Uh, he was the Podesta. And yeah. I thought I had it. My first guess was the guy who plays like Carmine Falcone in The Dark Knight. That <laughs> okay, might, like, I can, I can, Yeah, I could hear it. It almost no. sounds the exact same. I was like. 
I got it dead to rights. Look it up. It's Ron Perlman. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I, uh, I had known Ron Perlman was in it, but, mm-hmm. um, this movie. So, um, who plays Geppetto though? I guess I actually don't know that. It's is Walter that- Frey. Walter okay. Frey. Yeah. Um, David Bradley Frey. is his name. That's yeah. crazy. So, British Willie Nelson. If you're trying to conjure a mental image, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he looks like. Or what's well, the, the Harry Potter groundskeeper. The Lannister. Um, yeah. Yeah. He looks like the yeah. Argus Filch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's his other popular one. Um, oh, that's funny. Okay. Um he was phenomenal. For all intents and purposes, like Geppetto's the star. I think the cricket may have been my favorite, but the movie is about Geppetto. And I I really love that. I think it brought the human element that the story needed. Granted, I know Pinocchio's a trying to be a real boy. But that was such like a, a minor detail almost, him trying to be a real boy. To, it wasn't mm-hmm. like him literally searching for magic to like become flesh and bone. I love when he was like, no, I am a real boy with all the meaty bits. <laughs> I was like, the, di- <laughs> the writing was one, amazing when it needed to be funny, but like bone chilling some of the time. Like, mm-hmm. hold on. I wrote down one of these here and now you guys are going to make me look it up. My notes are all over the place. I'm so sorry. Okay, it was um I think it was the cricket who said it and it was uh Geppetto lost Carlo during the Great War. They had been together only 10 years, but it was this it was as if Carlo had taken the old man's life with him. What a way to describe the grief that Geppetto was going through. Yeah, and that's such a beautiful intro with with him and Carlo hanging out and then I don't know, I got maybe this is just me inferring wrong. I got the vibe that that is the great work to took him or whatever. I thought he died of an illness or something, not that he got bombed in a church. Same, same. No, I wasn't yes. expecting a literal bomb to be dropped on the plot of the movie because Geppetto was working late. Yep, mm-hmm. because he was working late mm-hmm. on the, and that was why. And I hate that the whole town was like, "I can't believe you can't fix our Christ crucifixion," and it was like the trauma this poor man he goes here every sunday like let him grieve so in the press promotion and tour for this movie i have really admire guillermo del toro's advocation for animation as medium it's not just a kid's genre uh and he talks about the ability of young children to be able to grapple with these sorts of heavier darker themes and I'm not gonna lie. When when Carlo gets bombed, I was like, "Damn, I don't know if I would show this to like a little kid." What's the difference between that and Bambi getting shot? Okay, <laughs> and then yeah, okay, goes, and then I don't know. You you're your four year old in front of the screen. This kid just gets exploded, yeah. and then Geppetto is just downing a bottle of booze <laughs> in darkness okay. with the thunder going yeah. on. Like maybe I four is and too then- little. And then, like later in the film, you know, when when Pinocchio is being super playful with death, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe like ten and up or something. Yeah. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> okay, I I did have that thought though. I was like, oh, yeah. would I show this to a child? I don't know. My, I, we have uh, a friend. His name's Michael O'Rear. He's got children, and I guarantee he's not showing this to any of them. So, um, I. Uh, this is a small note, but I really loved Carlo and, and it's crazy that Carlo, you know, he's only in like the first 10 minutes, but he has this huge looming presence over the whole movie, obviously through the relationship of Pinocchio and Geppetto really nice touch by Guillermo, the original author of the creepy story. His name is actually Carlo. And so I thought that was oh, like wow. a nice little tidbit. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess I probably 
should have inferred this, but uh, Carlo and Pinocchio are both voiced by the same voice actor, Gregory Mann, who does a Are you ready for this? Well. I didn't catch it till yeah. the second time I watched it. First time, I thought they were different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this kid's incredible. Like, this should be the most annoying character to ever <laughs> exist. He's so positive. Yeah. He's in fascist Italy. He's uh-huh. dancing around. He's gained in trouble. He doesn't listen to his dad for a second. But for some reason, he's unbelievably endearing and charming. And you feel for him. He tr- yeah. Well, he also charms everyone he comes across. Like, you're so right. It's not just the audience. Like, everyone he meets besides, you yeah. know, the, the carnival worker, Christoph Waltz, really, like, loves him. Mm-hmm. Um. Like you said, Alex, earlier, is like this this movie isn't really about Pinocchio becoming a real boy. It's more of this his relationship with Geppetto, just this like father son tale. And I was watching the Netflix feature at it's like 30 minutes. It's pretty good. They talk about all the craftsmanship that went into it. But Guillermo at one point is like, at the end of the day, like most of my work is in some form about my relationship with my father. And, and that very much comes through in this movie they literally give us this line though through jiminy cricket and i I think i said it earlier he sebastian j cricket was my favorite character and i think Mm -hmm. there's part of that it comes with being the narrator i really liked his narration he literally goes i went to bed that night writing of 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 stories not of my own but of imperfect fathers and imperfect sons and i was like wow what i think the rewatch i like went from thinking this was like a fantastic movie to like an all time movie. Like usually a movie can exceed in like one or two things and it, people will consider it like a, a huge success. I really think this movie, like voice acting, the the animation of it, the writing, everything mm-hmm. had such care and detail to it that I, that not only do we not see in most animated movies now, I don't see this sort of care like in most movies that I'm watching mm-hmm. nowadays. And I think a part of that is that this is, as the resident Guillermo del Toro historian, this <laughs> is all about him. Like even that, the opening where where Geppetto is creating Pinocchio, that's a direct Frankenstein allegory, right? Mm-hmm. He's just trying to build a real person. Um, growing up, he dealt with like kind of oppressive Catholicism in his life, GDT. Uh, he always felt like an other. So for there to be a little boy who's also a monster, that's mm-hmm. like, that's everything that he cares about. That's his entire world. And he's always made these monsters into people, into humans. And that's the whole point of this, right? You're giving me goosebumps. Got it's not directly in, like, when, when we talk about the fascism in the movie, it's not, yeah, it gets made fun of a lot. But in the background, it's like Geppetto's in a really tough position where there's a moment where he's trying to explain to Pinocchio after he comes back to life how he owes all these people money and he has to do what the law says. And he's like, I'm actually just not going to get into it with you because it's unbelievably complicated. Mm-hmm. Plus, throughout all of this, the the Podesta and the church are deeply intertwined with Volpe and, and his efforts there. Plus, never mind, Pinocchio basically gets crucified at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of religious undertones. I, I didn't catch it until the second time again, but he, um, he's literally on the cross being burned at the stake. I was like, oh my God, the the symbolism. And like, none of it ever feels, I guess, um, and I, you know, I'm not like super religious at all, but none of it ever feels in bad taste to me. It all feels strictly yeah. plot and story driven. It's like, well, like I said, there's just so many undertones of like the religious, the the grief and uh, the burden. I was I, They even like make such a point of, of like, what's a burden? Like, and I mm-hmm. think that is part of where this magic comes in is Pinocchio, his childlike wonder. He's a know-nothing audience. He He's learning everything for the first time. And so Sebastian Cricket and Geppetto have to teach him everything. I don't want to sound like, like a 
fascist Italy sympathizer, but like I think what the <laughs> I think what this movie does well okay. is that like yes, that's when this story is set, but it shows you this world where like people were living everyday lives, like people mm-hmm. weren't all just like blanket evil, even though that's the political climate they were in. Now I do sound like a fascist sympathizer. No, I don't know. I understand but what you're saying. <laughs> I think that's what we we mean when we say it. It sort of just colors the film a little bit. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily like about Mussolini being it's a bad, plot even point. He is. Yeah, it's a plot point. But it's not about. Right that's not what the movie's about at all. Right. Yeah. Mussolini's played by SpongeBob. Like yeah, <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's so funny. I like puppets. I know like puppets. Yeah, because I like puppets. I know like this puppet. He literally starts making fun of poop, poop, poop. He's just a kid, but like, and that's where the like, like I said, he charms everyone he comes across. Like at the end, where the point where like everyone is willing to give it all up for Pinocchio, and it's Mm -hmm. just it's his it's his purity. It's his childlike wonder. It's you know he may not always do what he's told or do what's right, and sometimes he lies, but. That doesn't make him any less lovable. Him not even being a real boy doesn't make Pinocchio any less lovable. Oh, it's so good. And 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 since you brought up like Guillermo del Toro feeling like an other as a child, like the direct representation of him coming to terms with like you can be all these things, not perfect, even made of fucking wood, and you still are worthy of love and, and family. Oh, the line. Oh my God, I'm just going. Okay, wait. The, so. Jesus is up there. They just fixed him. And he goes, I don't get it, Papa. He goes, he's made of wood and everyone loves him. Why don't they like me? And I was like, oh, my God. That's like, that's such a gut-wrenching line. It's so, I was just like, it was hard to watch. It's good. It's so, oh, my God. Let's talk about the the death character. This is yeah. what made, I mean, yeah, a little uneasy. I don't know. I, I love the exploration of death and and, and like, I guess generally I believe in making the idea of death less scary to a younger person, but to be so playful with it. Yeah. This you, is just where I'm like, maybe you ever watch adventure time. They have like, yeah. death is just like a chill bro who like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I like a different representation of death. And I think this one, I didn't think death herself was like super playful. Like maybe her mm-hmm. rabbits were, you know, they're playing poker and, the the scene though where he like first comes back to life there is so stunning. The mm. rabbits they're like singing and Pinocchio's like moving. They're like, I thought he was dead. They're like, I saw the paperwork. He is like, it's so. Good. <laughs> and then they clock out. It's just it's really well done. It's like very serious to me. I what I took from it is it was like very serious and dark, but the playfulness kept it like not like actually Light terrifying. Okay. It's very. So you have these like weirdly. Yiddish poker playing rabbits, yeah. which is not serious at all. And then you have Death, who's another authority figure in the film, trying to tell him what to do. Mm. And I think uh, this is where it gets like really dark. Is in other versions of Pinocchio, he becomes a real boy, right? He gets his skin and flesh mm-hmm. and whatever and real heart that makes him a real boy. In this one, part of him becoming not technically a real boy. But he ex- he takes on death. He can now die at the end of the film after meeting with death three times. More Show that to your four year old. <laughs> you can- right? Okay. I I think, but yeah, maybe ten and up. I think this is yeah. a good movie for kids because 
I I think death is scary. Who doesn't? And like, I think this is actually an easy and approachable way to to bring up some of these things. And in a way that like Mufasa dying is how like many children first learn of death. Like this one to me, while dark and sinister, it kept it still light and cheery due to in part because of Pinocchio's demeanor. Yeah, I I guess maybe it, it is thought provoking in a way that makes me think of like damn this would spark a very uh a conversation that i would need to be very thoughtful about if i were having it with my kid you know what i mean and so in that way i think it's very good and and i i do enjoy it um uh and they're voiced by tilda swinton you said yeah both of them life the voice cast is is awesome on this uh stupid yeah it's good uh, and a voice cast is important because you you obviously big names are always fun but some actors are better at voice acting than others are you throwing shade yeah chris pratt just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no i think he gets the right people for the job like having kate blanchett do a monkey is fucking crazy uh but to be fair she does talk when she's doing the puppets like she her, was the, she's the, the okay, yeah. i was wondering about yeah, 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 that. yeah yeah she's the puppet voices in the i, I think she does the monkey noises too though which is wild um but like good for her because like that's like such a role you would never have thought would be anything but Uh it became such an important part when uh so uh christoph waltz plays the uh villain of the movie Uh, yeah the villain of the movie he's a carnival uh, owner who um tricks pinocchio into uh, servitude and singing just the most beautiful opera song i've ever heard across italy uh so (laughs) he is beating up spazzatura also you guys ready for this? He, so Spazzatura is is the the carnival workers like number two. Spazzatura just means trash in Italian. Oh, How sad man. is that? It's so yeah. sad. Yeah. So <laughs> it uh really dark, but it, then the little, he's, the he's beating up Spazzatura because he's starting to Spazzatura is jealous. Pinocchio's getting all the limelight, so starts uh, telling Pinocchio the truth. Though, like you're not your your papa's not getting any money, and uh, which. That was so hard to watch when Pinocchio's just staring out the window and he splits it in half and he's like, oh, but he like takes all his and I was like, oh, Pinocchio, turn around. You're up. Business is going on. Okay. But when he's whooping Spazzatura with his cane and Pinocchio steps up and it's like, stop, like, I won't have you treat my co-star like this. It's like all the imperfections, like it's Pinocchio's non-existent heart that is still like, it is the heartbeat of the whole movie. And it's moments like Mm -hmm. that where you're just like, hmm. Like, I knew I loved Pinocchio for a reason. I knew I was rooting for Pinocchio. I just saw this in the voice cast. The Black Rabbits in the Underworld, mm-hmm. voiced by Tim Blake Nelson, who oh. is the villain from Scooby-Doo 2. Yeah. Also gonna... Looking Glass in HBO's just... Watchmen. <laughs> we just watched that recently. Yeah. I love HBO's Watchmen. I think he does amazing mm-hmm. in that. That's so funny. He's the voice of yeah. those. Um, great voice cast. Great. And then Finn Wolfhart is, um, the main Nazi's son. Uh, his name's Kendall. He hit, he hit himself. He hit himself behind Candlewick. Like he was hard. Oh, it was yeah. hard to tell. No, no, no. Him. If I didn't hard. see his name, correct. If I didn't see his name, I wouldn't have known it was his voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, his son's name was Candlewick and me and Nikki, we were watching today. Well, do you guys think that's symbolic? What kind of name is that? I think it's. In, I think Candlewick is like a Pinocchio character. Gotcha. So it's from the source material. Yeah, but I think Guillermo changed it to this that story where he's like, I'm I'm weak like a the wick of a candle. Yeah, I did. What kind of father? He comes out and the father's like, You are like a a weak wick. (laughs) 
It's so shitty. So his dad literally class act Ron Perlman, worst dad ever. And, but what's so funny is you, uh, the kid's a bully to Pinocchio, makes him burn his legs. But on rewatch, he only is mean to Pinocchio when his dad is mean to him. It's like a direct, like, uh, it is a direct, like his dad yells at him and then he like, is like, oh, Pinocchio could be like the the perfect, uh, like super soldier. And then he's like, "Mm." he's like, well, he never says that about me. And then he's like, tricks Pinocchio to burn his legs. And so he's the bully. You sympathize for him. But then when they are at, uh, I don't want to call this fascist camp. What is it like Hitler's youth? Yeah, I, I don't, that's what it is. I think it it's, is yeah. though. It's, it's, it's an, it's an Italian it's, military. Yeah, it's, camp. It's, uh, it's children's, uh, for children. Yeah. It's children military camp. And so Pinocchio and, and, uh, Candlewick go together and the scene where he's arguing with him, but then he turns over and he's just in tears. Well, how powerful again, like, you know, we're so used to in movies, the, the evil villain or the bully who just bullies for the sake of bullying. Yeah. But he like gave this minor bully character like such depth in such a short amount of time where I really mm-hmm. felt for him. And then his dad obviously uh, <laughs> put a gun in front of him and was like, shoot your new friend. And then the dad gets bombed. That was a pretty <laughs> a lot of bombing go going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, this, this middle sequence where they're at the youth camp kind of reminds me of Jojo Rabbit where it's like mm. you're just watching this yeah. these and they're laughing and they're enjoying themselves and, and yeah there's a lot to take in with this movie. yeah good call I love like Jojo the Rabbit. The great great film I mean when they when Candlewick and Pinocchio sort of coordinate their tie it's kind of beautiful it's very very Jojo it's just like yeah. you know kids having fun in the middle of of in the fucking day goes and how did you come to this conclusion shut up <laughs> shut up Can't you you saw them they're having fun and you know what even back to their relationship with those two kids when pinocchio gets his feet lit on fire his reaction isn't to he apparently has no nerve endings down there he's like my, uh, papa my feet are like chocolate yeah. they're hot. hot like chocolate he's like this is amazing yeah. he loves hot chocolate and, hot chocolate is the way to get pinocchio to do anything which is so endearing. i don't know why it's so endearing kids love sweets but like you said he has no nerve endings there's zero percent chance he's tasting this hot chocolate like he just likes it because other people like it it's his favorite thing yeah. now but like he like you said he didn't care and his legs burned off and he I love it when his first night's sleep, his papa's like, oh, what a day, what a day. And Pinocchio's like, what a day, what a day. And then he doesn't have any legs. And then in the morning, he gets like the new shitty legs that literally look like they're just taped on. And he goes, I love my new legs, papa. And it's like, oh, it's so cute. It's just, Pinocchio was literally every adorable kid I've ever seen, like molded (laughs) into one. Yeah, and it's not, he's not a smooth Pinocchio. No. Like, he wasn't made on HGTV. Mm-hmm. Geppetto was quite drunk. He left out some nails year or whatever. Back. You're so right. His nose, when it grows, gets all screwed up, and oh. it makes him a lot more endearing. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, while we're on this, let's go through the, 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 the famous line Geppetto said, like, a lie, because he goes, a lie is as clear. What? I, I didn't write it down. I should have. Essentially, the, the, the line is, a lie is as plain to tell to everyone else except for yourself. That's why your nose ends up growing. Now, I, I wanted to challenge this because Kevin and I, we're, we're pretty skilled liars, as we've seen from <laughs> being on TV. And my nose is fine. There's a time and a place for lying. Yeah. True. I and really like the line, It's a theme in the movie, too, towards the end. It becomes <sighs> useful at the end. and, and Pinocchio yeah. uses like, it to get to the final time. two and save his ally. <laughs> oh, it's great. 
That's so yeah. true. There is a time and a place for lying. He uses it to get him out of that tight situation. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. But the line really resonated to me because, like, I'm sure we're, we're, we're trashing this Tom Hanks movie we've never seen. But I'm sure in the other one, it's just, like, lying is bad. That's why your nose grows. Like, this one was, uh -huh. like, so much more thoughtful into, like, the reasoning. And like I said, like, while there was, like, little bits of magic, it just... That wasn't the focus at all. The focus was really the human connection of all these people around Pinocchio and 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 them dealing. Yeah. Even Sebastian had his own things going on. He wanted to be famous and fortune. He was going to write his life story and everyone was going to read it. But by the end, he didn't care about any of that. He wasn't writing about himself anymore. He was writing mm -hmm. about Geppetto and Pinocchio, and he was willing to give up his one wish for fame and fortune to to bring Pinocchio back. A, a little wooden ball my eyes out it's so good it's, it's so beautiful it's so beautiful like i said he's the narrator he's supposed to be like this unbiased like just retelling of the whole story but he is so emotionally invested it makes the mm -hmm. story almost like 10 times better and and like i said spazzatura the cricket and geppetto three people that really did not care for pinocchio at all by the end of it are all sobbing on the beach to the god of life like please i yeah. need this pinocchio back in my life and I love when she, so she has her little poem, which I'm not going to be able to recite when she gives Pinocchio life. And the first time she just does it alone, just the two of them with the cricket. But the second time she does it in front of Geppetto. And it's like, please bring this man joy each and every day. And Geppetto, the tears in his eyes, it, it, it's, it's art. It's just, it's, mm -hmm. it's pure art. Yeah. There's one scene towards the beginning where just like the craftsmanship of what they're able to communicate through the puppets is just incredible. It's when he's drunk by the tree, sobbing over Carlo, and like he has like individual strands of hair hanging loose as he's drunk and crying, and I, I I've never seen that in stop motion. Uh, no, and it yeah. really captures the Guillermo del Toro look, even though he's never done animation before. He's never done uh, a stop motion thing. You can like just looking at it, looking at the creature designs. You can it, it's got his signature all over it. And, and I think if you like his movies and his stuff, then you'll really enjoy this film as well. We recently just covered Fantastic Mr. Fox and similar, yeah. it has like that Wes Anderson style, but probably just due to its age, when you're looking at the foxes, sometimes a hair or two is out of actual framing and sequencing. And it's part of the charm of the movie actually, is you're like, oh wow, it really is stop motion. Like that's so cool. Not once was anything out of place in this movie, like mm -hmm. animation-wise. There wasn't a single hair that ever moved. It was so w smooth and fluid. Like, I don't know I'd have the patience, granted, if I had learned how to do stop motion. I don't know I'd have the patience to make it that perfect. I mean, it's good enough. Wrap it. In the feature, they were saying there's one shot that took like three months. I don't know if it's when Spazzatura is like coming down the steps and running into the circus for the first time and sort of introducing you to that set. But I cannot imagine spending a quarter of a year on like five seconds. I yeah. would go crazy. What'd you guys think about the, this was technically a musical. Yes. I know. I, I have thoughts. I, I have a lot of notes on it. I'll be honest. You said the music Let's... didn't do it for you. No. Okay. I think the music <laughs> one was never too long which I think is important. There never was True. like a five yeah. minute show stopper type deal Two, it was, it was some of the most beautiful music. I'm not kidding. That song they sing with the montage where he's traveling Italy. Ciao, Papa. It, it, 
it's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. I really like Christopher Waltz's playful carnival song. Once again, didn't go on too long, though. And the best bit is Jiminy Cricket being like, my father, and then getting cut off for whatever reason. Yeah, he gets murdered <laughs> or something. Yeah, that was so funny. The first time that happened when he, they're like, he's like, Pinocchio, let me tell you a lesson. My father, and then I was like, oh, this is, it, while it's a musical, it's not taking itself too seriously as a musical. I I really enjoyed it. Evan, that's funny. You're a music guy. What did, uh, what did you think, Kevin? I'm still on the fence because at the same time, while everything was great and i agree with you there were no like full cast there were no big numbers it would be a minute or two minutes or under of singing and it was almost a good way to create these little montages i don't know that i'm ever turning on the soundtrack and listening to i it. would listen Nothing to, really got in my head i like, would do the one where he's like farewell papa and then child you want to listen to the child what, 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 what so, mood are you in where you listen to the I child felt like papa. i was transported to an italian seaside listening to Pinocchio do his war propaganda and I loved it. I'm sorry. I, I, it was like an opera. I've okay. Maybe this is what I've like never been one where I was like, I want to see an opera. That was the first time in my life. I was like, maybe I would enjoy the opera. That was beautiful. I don't know. None of them were just like little earworms. They were, you know, they were little songs and I'll be honest. It kind of made me miss like a a Lin-Manuel Miranda. Don't you and dare, Evan. You've I been trashing him all year. <laughs> you literally, our first episode was in Kanto. You have been trashing him all year. He has year. the knack for an, a catchy tune. And that's, I felt that was missing with these little tunes. I'm screaming. Uh, but, you know, that's not what this movie is, is really meant to be. I, um, I think that's important, too, is I don't, I think too much or too many more music numbers in it, it becomes something different almost. Mm-hmm. It works for what it is, yeah. but it is not going to be on my end of year. It's, yeah. it's making my Spotify rap next year. It doesn't detract. <laughs> doesn't add all that much, uh, in my opinion. Um, one thing that was interesting about the music that they did was the uh, the composer for the movie used only wooden instruments. So string instruments, like woodwind oh. instruments. There's, there's nothing else. Uh, and, and, and that's wow. just to evoke the kind of quirky you know because pinocchio is made out of wood um so i thought that was kind of cool one thing that occurred to me watching this movie twice and and then trying to watch the disney one is like i don't know that i've ever actually seen all of the original 1940 pinocchio Mm. i mean i know at the beginning he's a puppet it's not that long and then he turns into a boy so like (laughs) what he he does get eaten by a whale in the 1940s one him and geppetto okay he for some reason turns into a donkey when he's trying to turn into a real boy somehow mm. that part's escaping me as to how or why or, or, right. or when, Same but other than that, I mean, it's a very, yeah, mm. he, maybe he was being a jackass. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> is it when he like tried liquor or something? I, the, the first one is almost nonsensical. If I'm being honest, there's like <laughs> no through line. It's just Pinocchio doing things. If that makes uh-huh. sense. We haven't talked much about the, the monster. At the end, mm-hmm. swallowing them yeah, up. Yeah, the, the big escape. old sea whale. Uh, before we do that, my I have a note here. Nikki pointed it out to me. Um, Christopher Waltz's character, the carnival runner, has a very long nose. And it's because yeah. this motherfucker is lying every <laughs> chance he gets. Yeah. And I was like, that's a nice little detail. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about this monster, though. You're right. This is um because this is a from, I'm assuming, the original story, the 1940 movie. This is always like a through line. Mm-hmm. Pinocchio and Geppetto live 
inside this ginormous sea monster whale type thing. I was obsessed with Guillermo del Toro's. Would you guys call it a whale? I, I think it's it's a whale, right? But like something like that. Leviathan. Leviathan. Oh, what a word. That's a great word. <laughs> Give me one of those. <laughs> I'm going to call it yeah. that from now on because it had like a blowhole, but it was not like your typical whale blowhole at all. As a kid, though, being eaten by a whale did not scare me as much as being turned into a donkey. What is that about? I was like terrified of becoming a donkey, but like living inside a boat in a whale seemed like fine to me. They And to be fair, they okay. seem fine when they're in there. It's, it's cool. So this might be a stretch, but a lot of this is about living in this liminal world, right? Liminal being where you have one foot in each side. So Pinocchio is, is a puppet, but he's also he's also a boy. You're like living inside of this monster. You, you're like totally removed from the world, but you're still between these two. I'm, I'm off. Oh, uh, you're still between two states. I shouldn't have had. You're, you're between these two states of existence, right? And the way that he eventually, Pinocchio on the way out, like beats the whale is the war plays a role because there's this mine or something that's gotten into the whale's mouth. So it's almost like this beautiful way to tie it all together before he passes through the liminal space to become not a real boy, but a real human who can die. Oh, Thank you. no, no, no. I, I really think you were onto something here. The whale is such a metaphor because while Pinocchio is fine being this uh, wooden boy that's not a real boy, they're fine in the whale. You could be fine in the whale, but you still have this sense of danger. Like, oh my God, I'm in a whale. I, like, you're. Mm -hmm. they are in these two worlds. Like, I mean, there's no immediate danger here, but like, I know this is not safe, if that makes sense. And that's, that's a little bit of what Pinocchio is doing. He's not thinking in terms of danger and, and safety, but that's, that's the, the line he's towing. And literally he dies and he is like, I need to go back now. And the God of death is like, there's rules. You have to wait this whole time. And then she tricks him. She totally tricks him. She's like, I mean, if you want to break the rules, you can, you just, this will be your last time because yeah. she i think she's tired of him this is a totally un, <laughs> unforeseen thing she was like i'm annoyed at this little wooden boy coming back to me every every couple days she's, she's like, had enough. like this is it you're done last one it was oh. so good though and i think you actually hit like a very deep point on the head like him blowing the whale and himself up like in in one is such like a him transcending to become that real boy but i i almost hate saying that term because pinocchio has made it sound so cheesy and like like actually like the quest to become a real boy, but this is such like a metaphorical meaning of like what it means to be like a person. I mean, we're in, we're in fascist Italy. Mussolini has just told his, his bodyguard to kill this little kid. Humans are the monsters yeah. in this universe. It's not Pinocchio as afraid mm -hmm. as everybody is. Mm -hmm. What gives, he, he has humanity almost the entire time. So I love that he doesn't become, one of them. I mean, the same thing with, with Sebastian, the same thing with Spasatura. Like, their journeys are as emotional as any others in the film. Plus, we have three or four or five different adult human villains. Mm -hmm. So being human isn't necessarily the desire. Yeah. You're so right. The humans are the villain here, even though Pinocchio is the monster. That, that is a Guillermo del Toro thing. So that's kind of Shape of Water-esque. Um, yeah. I always say anytime we come on here and I am learning things or still able to like connect dots, like that's the sign of something that's a real thinker. And so like, I think he took such a well-known story, but he really extrapolated. He took down to the essence, like, what is this story about? And he's like, Pinocchio wants to be human because he's different. 
but it's like, what does it mean to be human? And so he explores so many different sides of humanity. Geppetto's grief, the evil humans, if you will, the ones that'll do evil things. And it's all like, oh my God. And you said this earlier, it's another authority figure telling Pinocchio what to do. That's what so many of these people are is uh, he wants to be a real boy for Geppetto. And the freaking Ron Perlman, he goes, you're going to be a real Italian boy. And I was like, oh, that's a cool spin on like the motto. <laughs> it's all these authority figures telling him what to do. And and death was really the first one who like gave him an option. Was like, oh, okay, you don't want to continue this huh. cycle of of dying and, and living again? You can break the rules, but... You know, then then you're going to be the, a real boy. You'll be a real human. Oh, and he and that and he that's what he chose because it was his decision. Finally, I'm going to go save Papa. You're making me want to watch this again. I'm, um, I'm, I, I may watch it again this next weekend over yeah. Christmas. Oh, I got to watch Glass Onion, too, but I got movies I got to watch. Good, I'm yeah. excited. You, did you see it already? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. At the, so at, at I'm, a, I'm a Netflix baby. Would you rate it equal? Above, lower than the, the last uh, one, the first one. I would rate it above. That's good. But the reason is because it's very sequel. Oh, okay. So I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. Other than Benoit Blanc, it doesn't follow up anything from the first film. But it's just bigger, nice. and larger, and a scale yeah. that you would that you would expect. It's Shrek too. Awesome. All right, that is I exciting. Um, one thing I'm seeing on the Wikipedia right now. Screenplay uh, is is co-written by Del Toro himself and Patrick mm -hmm. McHale, who created Over the Garden Wall, another series that explores no death and its consequences. Mm -hmm. He's the co-writer with Del Toro? Mm -hmm. Wrote the screenplay Kevin, with him. You got to check this out. Not a well-known Cartoon Network show from like 2013, 14. Okay. It's called Over the Garden Wall. It's just 10 episodes. Elijah Wood is the star. I promise you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. um, that's crazy that he's the co-writer, but that makes so much more sense, actually. Cause it, it's, well, you mentioned Adventure Time yeah. earlier, isn't he? He he's is on Adventure, Adventure Time, Time, too. Right? Yeah, he, yep. 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 I love it. I lo that's like I love that era of Cartoon Network. So that is um, – that's so cool. That's exciting. And he's it, that makes sense to me because, one, a lot of similar themes, but two, just that, that creepy monster story, a horror story – but about like real human shit. Oh, damn. This mm -hmm. is so good. Okay. Let's, um, let's do our, we got a couple wrap up things. We'll, we'll go through closing thoughts and then me and Evan, we do a couple letterbox reviews and then, uh, we'll wrap up with news here and we can uh, call cool. this a day, but let's go through, we're going to go through our closing thoughts, last thoughts, anything, favorite scene, moment line. Now is your last chance. Um, Evan, you want to start us off and then I'll go next. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy the craftsmanship that goes into this movie. I love Guillermo del Toro's enthusiasm about it. I'll be honest. I think I just am not the right demographic to, to be really enthralled with this movie. I can appreciate it for what it is. I'm not rushing back to, to watch it again. Um, I would probably give it a four out of five stars just because, you know, it, this is a, a thoroughly great watch. You two have given me a lot to think about. Uh, talking about this liminal space, and then and Alex, what you were just saying about how it's sort of a play on uh, on the typical be a real boy thing. It's like his his path to personhood is really isn't about any one thing or authority figure telling him what to do, but it's about choosing your own path. It's about autonomy, and like that's really what it is and what it means to be human. Um, 
it's it's a delight visually just to take in you could just stare at the puppets and and the settings and the artwork for so long um but yeah i i, I really enjoyed it i have enjoyed covering it and it's give you guys have left me with a lot to think about i know i said go i'd go next kevin do you, you have your final thoughts or you want me to go first i have my go final thoughts I, I, sure so i think one of the things that hasn't come up for us as much is also how much fun this is it's really amidst all these dark yes. and deep themes it's a really really fun movie there's some really cute stuff for example he signs a contract that ends up being a major plot point with a smile yeah. like that's that's his that's his literacy um i think after talking it through i love that we could all learn different parts from each other because the movie has so much depth i would show this to a kid of course it's not your typical mm-hmm. fun uh smiling bright kids film but it is something that i think there's value in. i think it's a great piece of art i i I have it out of four and a half out of five something stopping it from being like a top 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 tier film for me but also i'm going to come back to it and i think it's a blast and it changed my pinocchio narrative i've never been like oh pinocchio great story (laughs) now i I look at pinocchio yeah that's awesome well said well said um my final thoughts here i um I come on here, like Kevin said, this was a ton of fun. I laughed, but rarely do I leave something watching it once, then twice again, being like, what a phenomenal piece of art from start to finish. I think the dialogue, it's so beautifully animated. The fact, even just like the tiny details of Carlo being the son and the original author's name, I'm also just now connecting. I kept calling it claymation. They're puppets. And that's what the movie is all about is puppets mm-hmm. and Pinocchio not wanting to be a puppet for other people. And like, he, he is a literal puppet. It's just like, I, I'm all about when, when these Guillermo del Toro really took a stance after the Oscars incident last year, where like animation is not just for children. And he came out swinging to be like, let me show you why I can make a story that is 10 times more beautiful than any rom-com whatever have you like this has so much more time thought effort put into it than nine out of ten movies that you will see mm-hmm. this year and it just including a live action Pinocchio. include yeah no a hundred percent and i think you hit the nail on the head where i've never been one to be like oh pinocchio my favorite disney story or like uh, like you know <laughs> i know pinocchio i think i like pinocchio and shrek like that's my favorite pinocchio and now mm-hmm. It's this one because of his beautiful opera singing voice and just his childlike wonder. And to Kevin's point, when he signs the contract, the plot point is like, you can't prove that's his signature. And he just goes, look, I drew that. And then it was, oh, it's legally binding. So it's really fun. I laughed a ton. I cried. I, I won't lie to you, gentlemen. I, I I cried. I teared up. It was so moving to me at the end when they are all literally wishing Pinocchio back to life. Sebastian gave up fame, fortune, his book deal, everything just so Pinocchio could, so the four of them could live together. The scene where he's walking at the end and they slowly one by one die, but Pinocchio doesn't. He lives on. It's like Rogue One. They all die at the end. It's so get out of here. It's so good. Don't take away from my beautiful ending. <laughs> no, it's great. So, you know, I really appreciate that. Like about the six that. feet under <laughs> series finale. And they, and, and he barrel. Pinocchio doesn't know Carlo, but he buried them all next to Carlo. It's just, oh, it's so beautiful. Sweet. And he keeps Jiminy Cricket oh. in his heart, in a matchbox. And tiny detail, the matchbox had one of those rabbits of death on it. Ah, oh, it's just, it's, 
the tiny details are shit that I appreciate. Okay, I, I, I don't, I'm not even ready for these letterbox reviews. I'm pulling them up as we speak. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready, Evan? Yeah. Okay, um, I got the first one very uh, at the very top here. I think it's just great. We got to acknowledge it. Four stars. All rise for the anti-fascist Pinocchio. Got to respect it. It's in an important time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't give my rating, but I think this is unfortunately three weeks in a row. I'm giving a five out of five. I fucking love this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a terrible no critic. I'll, I'll break the rules. Okay, wait, no, I'll be Pinocchio. I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of five <laughs> just to differentiate it from the other. Fair. All right. Uh, okay. Sorry. Uh, this, a lot of these that I find funny are just throwing shade at Disney or Robert Zemeckis, <laughs> who I think directed that uh, rendition, <laughs> but five stars Disney on suicide watch. i mean this is four stars it's simple but it just says good clean fun and i think that gets back to kind of what kevin was saying is this was a ton of fun we really overlooked that but it was a blast here let me let me come in with a a four oh my god no i got my letterbox okay you're our first guest to give us one read it (laughs) read it what do you got life is filled with such terrible joy what happens happens and then we are gone that's that's cool it's appreciating those small things. They, he, I, yeah, you know, yeah. you're hundred percent. That was, and that's the line. He goes, he goes, did Pinocchio tilda Swinton and goes, did you, did Pinocchio bring you joy? He goes, yes, terrible, terrible joy. And it's like, whoa, that's so Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Oh, oh my God. That's how I felt about this movie is it had that flavor of like melancholy, like, oh, like it, that terrible, terrible joy I felt. Great. So fucking. Oh, oh my God. I swear I did not see this before. Four stars. Easily the best take on Pinocchio since Shrek 2 2004. (laughs) Can't make this up. I'm not the only one. Yeah. Uh, You guys have convinced me. I'm going to be showing this to my future kids right out of the womb. (laughs) He's sad. Enjoy life's terrible, terrible joy. (laughs) And this one says four, four stars. I'd rather be a pine than a fascist. That's mm-hmm. so funny because that's a direct reference to Porco Rocio from last week. And you know what? And and he did grow him out of the pine that was left behind after he got. He did. Here's one from um, this is a Disney chirp. Disney's 2022 Pinocchio. Pinocchio plays with a pile of horse shit on the street whilst being chased by the fox and the cat. Guillermo del Toro's 2022 Pinocchio. Pinocchio is tied to a cross after being drafted as a child soldier. <laughs> Okay, when you put it like that, it sounds way more dark than it is. But no, that is literally what happens. <laughs> and the Spazatora had to come and save him. That was, come on, that was so cute. Uh, well, oh, God. It, it, I don't think there was, a, this is the other thing. I don't think there was a scene where I was like, this wasn't needed. I think every scene literally felt important. Even the music. I felt like either the circus or the youth, I think the youth camp is probably the more uh, poignant sequence, but I just, it was, Oh, this movie was a little long for me. I felt like one of those two have them go away to one place. But <laughs> okay. I, that's I will thing. accept I, that. I think yeah. that is, uh, I think that's good on letterbox reviews. Let's, uh, let's wrap up here with some news, some just general news. We, I feel like there's been a ton of news. Am I wrong in that, Evan? Uh, a lot of things, a lot of developments uh, that we personally care about on this podcast. Kevin, I have a question for you. Uh, do you, mm-hmm care whatsoever for any uh for for superhero movies and or dc movies specifically so i'm a dc 
fanboy more than that's, anything else. Which you're is in the right spot. Then we're there. struggling right now. We if you've been watching the news, it's really bad. It's really, it's really, it's really <laughs> terrible. And and I mean, on the superhero side, I I kind of hated Phase Four of from we, Marvel. You're on the right um, podcast, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I found a lot of it like it was yeah. adequate, but not repetitive. Nothing. It, it felt similar. Although. Uh, Eternals. I don't know if that's part of Phase Four, but I, I, I Eternals is a film. That's a you film. are in the right podcast. We feel like okay. oh, we, people right. try to gaslight us and tell us it's the worst Marvel movie of all time, and we're like, is it it's not one of, one the, of best. the best Marvel movies? <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of the most unique yes, for sure that's what, by one of the most talented living directors. Mm-hmm. My so. man. Yes, yes, oh, yes. God. Okay, but so DC, I'm gonna rip the bandaid off. They announced. Henry Cavill's no longer Superman. Oh, okay. It's rough literally only because he was in a movie a month ago. <laughs> we didn't yeah. think he was coming back. No one had expectations he was coming back until we saw him come back. And because they told him to announce he was coming back. Yeah, I know. Ugh. Yeah. It's it is unfortunate that he's leaving the role. I think he's perfect in the role. He's had a bunch of shitty movies in the role. Um and I just feel bad for his career. He's been in this weird holding pattern with DC for almost 10 years now. Uh, yeah. But I do think it's time to let the DCEU, the Snyderverse go. That Snyderverse is done. They even said Gail is, is no longer in the Flash. She was supposed to be in the Flash movie. That's okay. I, I guess this is probably so. I think I could accept the DC, you know, the Snyderverse being done. How are they still releasing Flash? What is going on? How? With all the shit Ezra Miller has gotten himself into, you cannot tell me this is like top of their priority. That's, I think, where I'm still just so shocked. I have no idea. I mean, you throw so much money at something, yeah. I feel like they're just going to ignore everything else. Like, how? how right. is... No, you're so right. You put so much time and money into it, they, they just can't. I also am now imagining this is probably going to reboot their whole universe, the Flash movie. I trust James I do Scott. too. I think he's an amazing creator I, I trust in him i do i do really feel bad for sasha kale i think her name is Supergirl. Yeah. she got her big break like i don't know if you watched that video where they Absolutely. told her on a zoom she she's so happy i feel really bad i do too yeah. it's really brutal for anyone that was involved in the flash uh besides ezra miller and like michael keaton like whatever i'm i love fine. michael keaton so that's like a bummer but like he'll be he'll be fine without this so mm-hmm. he's a yeah, he's a um Oh, you know what? I don't know why Michael Keaton makes me think of this. This movie is uh, already up for a Golden Globe for the the song that I fucking love. So um, that was on my notes too. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not gonna say it for a 17th time. They're about but, uh, to have that little boy on stage singing that. They're gonna <laughs> like actually tour around with him. <laughs> uh, this seems particularly egregious. Um, award season, you know, coming up, coming around the corner. Disney is submitting. Thor Love and Thunder for Oscar consideration for best picture and best director. I just died. Uh, you okay. know, it, the movie middling to bad, that's fine. But the audacity to then submit it for for best picture, come on. Yeah. Like, be serious yeah, that's, a little bit. That's just know. absolutely appalling. Um, mm-hmm. Other news. Is it out already? Maybe not. Puss in Boots, the new Puss in Boots movie got glowing reviews like across like the board percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Everyone really? that ha- I know has personally seen it or like critics is like best Shrek since Shrek one or two. 
Yeah. Wow. I, I, I saw a tweet that was like, whoa, it's like the Logan of the Shrek universe. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I'm personally very intrigued. <laughs> that does interest me. Maybe, maybe we'll cover it. That's wild to hear, though. So if you have any interest in, in that, you go check it out. I, I think it is already out, though. Mm hmm. Okay, wait. Yeah. While we're jumping back to DCEU, apparently uh, Wonder Woman 3, the um, <laughs> Steve Trevor was going to come back for a second time to life. No. <laughs> so it was funny because the news was like, Wonder Woman 3 has been scrapped and everyone was up in arms. And then like two days later, it was like, here's the plot. And I was like, oh, maybe mm -hmm. that was an okay call. <laughs> I had really enjoyed the first Same. one. The second one was was uh, not great, but also really nice. I think it was like one of the first, if I'm remembering right, it was an early pandemic. Right like, it was one of the first to be released on video yeah. on demand as part of the theatrical thing. I was very excited just to have mm -hmm. a movie, but it was yeah. still bad. <laughs> the first one, though, amazing. Like, amazing. I it was back when I was like, no, 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 guys, the DCEU is still, we have hope. Look at these movies, guys. Yeah. So, um, no, I love, and but I love Gail. I think she's just an amazing Wonder Woman. I think she, like, really embodies what I, everything I envision from a Wonder Woman. So that's also mm. roughed if we are losing her. Um, but, wow. yeah, I just thought that was funny. And what other news you got, Evan? I think the yeah. uh, good one here is the uh, the Frankenstein one that you did at the the top of the hour. Yeah, uh, this one, uh, Hayao Miyazaki's next and potentially final film, How Do You Live, uh, is announced. It's based on a novel that follows a boy who goes on a journey to discover spiritual growth, poverty, and the meaning of life with the help of his uncle. That's good. You like uh, any uh, Studio Ghibli film, Kevin? Uh, I haven't seen yeah. a lot, but all the like five that I've seen, yeah. I adore. So that's actually similar to how I am. I'm now, because of the podcast, watching more and more, but... When we started, it was really just like spirited away. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's crazy. No, that's good though. That yeah. uh, not good that it's his final film, but I um I always respect, I guess, when someone knows they're kind of done. And I, that sounds bad to say, but like, I, it's how I feel about a TV show. I like when it ends on its own terms more so. Yeah, but then you have like Tarantino. Yeah resisting making his final <laughs> film point. and he'll go and make a 12 episode you get a good or something instead yeah i appreciate that a director or an artist who can retire like some i don't know maybe if it's the climate of of uh media that we're in but like there's like indiana jones 5 coming out Stone. and harrison ford's gonna be there i'm like let this man rest he doesn't have to be <laughs> He doesn't need to be running around doing stunts. So literally survived yeah. the plane crash on Star Wars. Like let him let him sail. Yeah. Off you uh you don't think he, it was his idea? I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't think it was. I think he was on board for it, but I don't think he mm. went to Disney pitching. <laughs> that said, if we're talking about people overextending their welcome, keep Steven Spielberg's name out of your mouths because Fableman is Fableman is one of my favorites here. I, I all right. Well, let's that. get into this real quick. I saw it, and I'll be honest, it was yeah. not my favorite of the year. What what was so uh what did you love about it so much? It could so easily have been totally self-aggrandizing all this about him. But the fact that this filmmaker who has such precision took on an actually personal story for the first time really in detail just hit me. Like when the kid is making his films, it's the most beautiful. So yeah, it's, it's such an amazing scene. Those are the best parts of the movie to me were when he was doing all the practical effects, making those movies as a kid with his friends and, and all that. Yeah. That was really fun. That was good. But um, 
you know, the, the ending kind of lost me. I, not like the second half, I'd say, in all honesty. I, I started to be like, where's this going? And I guess I got to remember it's real life. Not everything has like a plot and a climax. Like he was more so telling a story. But I, um, and you know, it didn't help. I saw it like very, very late at night, which is not good for me. I'm I'm an early to bed type guy. But um, mm-hmm. I, I came out of it and everyone else was like, I loved it. And I was like, oh, I just, I liked it. It had like really good moments. But overall, it was not my, uh, not my, uh, my, not my best. It's okay to be yeah. wrong sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's funny. No, but uh, uh, yeah. Well, I love Steven Spielberg. That's why I went and saw mm-hmm. it. I was like, I, I absolutely love him. But I thought the weird thing too was I almost didn't know about the movie until like two weeks before it came out. I feel like I saw no press about it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. still, yeah, I still there. don't see a lot of press about it. It's because James it, uh, Cameron is soaking up all the press right now. Yeah, talking about, you I think James go Cameron, to the bathroom. <laughs> I've determined James Cameron, with all these headlines, is just trying to say crazy things to get in more headlines. Yeah. And have you seen No, that? not yet. Yeah. We, we are going to go see it. We uh, we have mixed feelings on it, though. So I, I think I saw that you saw it. Was it yesterday, two days ago? I How, yes, we, give us your thoughts. Free. Give us the insider. Yeah. My spoiler-free thoughts are if you liked the first one, then you'll really like this one. It's bigger, more beautiful, takes filmmaking to the next level, um, slightly better character and plot, but still not That's important to me. I'm a plot guy, and so I'm I'm, I'm coming in with a critical eye. I – I love some of James Cameron's movies. I love like Terminator, Titanic. How can you like not love those? I am – always in the camp that I liked Avatar back in the day, but then all of a sudden everyone was like, oh yeah, no, best movie I've ever seen. And I was like, well, hold on guys. It was, it was a good movie. Like what, <laughs> how are we 10 years later now at it's the best, uh, most amazing thing ever. Yeah. Just know yeah. what you're getting into. I would say if you can find a theater that's showing it in the highest frame rate, it's okay. worthwhile. And my IMAX friend, oh, Michael O'Rear, we name dropped him twice. Now he said, you have to see it in IMAX. He said, it just would be a disservice not to. We're going to go see it. We are. It's just we're dragging our feet at the moment. Uh, One more story. Okay. A follow-up on our Henry Cavill story. So went through his whole debacle with Warner Brothers. He's he's out as Superman, out at Netflix as The Witcher. Uh, But it is announced that he's attached to produce a live-action Warhammer uh, uh, series. So he's got some work ahead of him. Um, I think Amazon is – he's going to develop it with Amazon. So they got tons of money bank uh so he's got the number one streaming service now (laughs) i just hope something comes you know he gets something for the the past decade of his life that he's it's wild the witcher's now gone from him we were very much like oh i'm glad he's got this we know he loves it now he's not even doing that anymore well it seemed like he might have left Uh the witcher to do superman that's what it felt like that's horrible. That's like straight out of like Big Brother or Survivor, though. Like I'm ditching my old alliance, and then your new alliance just turns on you, and it's like no. Um, yeah, they're just uh, and then you're, and then and then all yeah. of a sudden, yeah. Hemsworth has just taken over yeah. your life. Uh, before we wrap up, this is Kevin. This is going to be our last episode of the year. Thank oh, you yeah. again for coming on. Of everything you have watched, that is maybe a 2022 release. What would you give a lump of coal? And what would you give? Is is fruit the opposite of that? In like a gift, a present, in yeah, like the actual present. Santa Claus lore, <laughs> isn't it? Is it fruit? Yeah. Something okay. like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me yeah. actually grab. No, 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 no you're boss. good. Uh, the first one that 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 comes to mind uh, is is and this is 
it's just a fact. Everything everywhere all at once. It's just you can still make original yep. films that that carry something oh, yeah. incredible. Um the lump of coal. <laughs> the lump of coal is going to spirited. That you want to talk about about movies where the music is just I what a and 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 it's I think it's the Dear Evan Hansen guys who make incredible films. That movie was just so, so, so it was That's really good. bad. And then and then you know what? Let me throw in another another positive too. If you haven't seen um, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Great choice. It's really sweet. It's really yeah, I'm, beautiful. I'm the only one who's it's, behind. Oh, you gotta watch it, Alex. I know. Damn. I I because when like even just hearing the voice in the trailer, I got like nostalgia. I was like, oh my god, I forgot like all about this. I used to watch so much of this little shell on YouTube. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really well done, and I don't think a lot of people saw it. I went to a show yeah. and there were four people. I, I'm gonna have to check. It was it. That's my bad. That's my bad. It's great. I love the voice actor too, Jenny. Um. She does a lot yeah. of great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm gonna go with. I don't want to just copy you, but I think like my my prime gift would probably be um, everything, everywhere, all at once. That, like you said, restored my faith in like intellectual property. People can still write original stories. Damn, mm-hmm. I'm like really struggling now. It would be Pinocchio or that. I, I genuinely think those were the two best films I saw this year that were new releases. Um, the worst movie I saw this year, shoot, was this a 2022 release? It might've been like a December, 2021 had to have been, hopefully this is, uh, it might, it's probably a hot take. I think it won a lot of awards power of the dog. I, I, I could have fallen asleep through it. I was like, I, the ending was good. The ending, I will, I like as much as I did not enjoy the first, whatever of it I did the ending. I was a little captivated, but like most of it, I was just like, Oh my God, where's this going? So I would say uh, that's going to be my my lump of coal for the year. Wow, that yeah. is a hot take. I had a feeling it would be. I know a lot of people love that movie. I and I love yeah. the problem is, is I love every actor in it. I was like these are my people, and I just it didn't connect with me. Mm. When I think western, I was thinking like cowboys and, and guns shooting, and I don't even know there was one gunshot ever. It's a very yeah, slow. it is a slow burn. <laughs> it's a slow burn, and you, gotta let you know it maybe it was boil. my expectations. That's totally possible. I've done that to yeah. myself before, but it just it didn't connect with me. I'm realizing now that I in 2023 maybe this is a resolution. I need to get out to the theater to see more than uh, a comic Batman. book fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I am going to give the Batman. I do it. My present. It was and, so good. I thought uh, my lump of coal. I will. I will actually give to something uh, we watched on the podcast to Apple TV Plus's Luck because oh, uh, that movie it was, was so shit. bad. I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. See, Kevin's never even heard of it. Don't watch. Don't it was watch so. It. It's was, who was the guy? Lasseter, John Lasseter's first yeah. non-Pixar oh. animated movie on That's Apple Scott TV. Is. Yeah, and it That's was just, it huh. was so bad. Yeah, it was so. To be fair, That's though, so sad. It is probably actually our most listened to episode of the year, which True. is so funny. <laughs> on the note of Batman, that was that was the first film I watched after Big Brother, and. I, I mean, I adored it. And I had no, there's no like, there's no actual objectivity though, because you could have shown me yes. spirit. <laughs> and you would have been like, been like yeah. that's, that's Movie. amazing. But I, it was the, the, I mean, you want to talk about cinematography. The, yeah. That is that. Yeah. That's, that's nothing that this, 
the Snyderverse ever. That's true. To it's story. true. I'll, I'll and, and, yeah. and I will, and I like the the Batman versus Superman extended. Yes, like, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Oh, my lord. We we see the same thing. We're like, <laughs> it's not awful if you watch the extended cut. <laughs> We're like such defenders of it. We're like the four hour Snyder Zack Snyder Justice League is so good. You just have to sit through four hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So no, we we like the Snyderverse, but I I would agree with you. I actually I think the Batman was better than anything we saw in the Snyderverse. Yeah, I mean Matt Reeves is also just uh, amazing. Geez. And I'm ex- I, uh, I I don't want to say I was skeptical of Robert Pattinson, but I just was like interesting Robert Pattinson. He he nailed it. He literally and it was a different Batman, and it was so I just appreciated it so much. Have you read his? I think it's Vanity Fair. They did I don't a. Think so. Uh, what's, like a, what's it called? Actor on actor interview. Yeah, no, they oh, did. Oh. They did. A, they they did a profile okay. of him, and it is one of the most wild profiles I've ever <laughs> read. I think it's performance art on his end. I'm gonna check it out. Now. I don't even want to spoil okay. it. I, I think it's very. It's it's spectacular. Hell yeah! I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out. Okay, I'm gonna wrap us up here. But now that we're at the end of the podcast, I got one last question for you, Kevin. Big Brother related. Yeah. If there's another all-star season, who do yeah. you not want to see out there? No one's listening. We're at the end of the podcast. Who are you scared of? So let me preface this with, with I would love to go back. I would also love if it was down the line, just sure. five or six years from now. I think what made me okay at the game was that I had certain life experiences that applied. I don't want to go in as the same person I was going in last mm. time. Like so I, I don't. It's also a really intense thing and taking three months off. I'd rather be yeah. a few years out. I don't want to see... Anyone who it, it's hard, it would be hard for anybody from my season. That's what I was wondering. Is there anyone if they, yeah. if they are and I have a personal relationship with, it's either gonna be okay, this person is someone that I can't turn mm-hmm. on because I don't it know. It becomes like, new. What if I invite somebody to their their what if I've met totally their parents different now. Their kids or something yeah. like that? That's a totally different dynamic and very likely as cutthroat and whatever as I am, I wouldn't be able to to do anything to them. And another side is like Anyone who had become friends with mm. the community or whatever, those are complicated. It. Uh, no, it's a great answer. It, it, it yeah. would scare me. That mm. makes a ton of sense. And that is really astute because, yeah, five, six years down the road, these people are going to be have been in your life for a long time now, like you said. So, yeah, congrats on yeah. your engagement this year, too. That obviously uh, was you. a big thing in, in the Big Brother That's house. Awesome. So that, I love that shit. Well, <laughs> my favorite moment, yeah. and I want this is my last Big Brother question. My favorite moment of yours is obviously, I, I think, when you had to fake quit and just how, like, <laughs> Everyone was, I mean, you fooled them, most of them. You fooled most of them. Like, they were very upset by you leaving. Like, very, very upset. Whereas, like, me, the game player, I'd be like, dang, Kevin, don't go. I'd be like, one less person, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite moment. What was your favorite moment? Take out winning. Like, you know, the the winning moment. It was was the gummy bear draw. So, what happened was, we had a week we had a week where the HOH nominates two people for eviction. There was also a twist. There are eight people left in the game at the time. There's an alliance of five that the HOH is in, an alliance that I wasn't very committed to. <laughs> and the HOH nominates two people outside from the alliance. Usually this is fine. Like, it happens. You, you, you know, you nominate someone, the votes are there, we'll save them. I really wanted to get out someone from my own alliance that week. So we're all going back and forth. I swear on my fake marriage. We're all trying to maneuver it. So he puts up somebody else. And then an hour before the ceremony, he brings everybody up into his room and he says, I still haven't decided. And in my head, I'm like, what? 
he makes us all swear that we're committed. He goes and grabs this canister, and in the canister are four gummy bears, three yellow and one red. The person who pulls out the red is the pawn. Okay? So we all go around, and then the guy, the, he asks this one guy who he'd screwed over a couple times before, do you want to be a part of this? Like, you don't have to be. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I do. That guy pulls out the red gummy bear, and this guy was a smart dude, like very in shape, likely could have made a run at the end of the game, um, had all the features you look for in your typical big rubber winner. He pulled out the red, and then and then we voted him out. Yeah, that week. It, it, the red was, gummy bear sent him just... home, aka Kevin <laughs> Jacobs. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, you're so right. That is probably one of the most epic. That shit had me on the edge of my seat. And obviously, as an American, I watch a little behind. So someone was like, oh, uh, let me know when you watch this episode. And I was like, oh, okay, something's going to happen. And so, <laughs> oh, that was so, that was like great, great ATV in my opinion. You usually don't know, at least in my opinion, whether something is like, okay, you're good or pretty good or how the season's being received or when something like that. When that moment happened, immediately I'm in, in my head, I'm like, holy shit this is incredible like not just my game i'm fan. like as a, as a fan as a viewer holy shit holy shit like that's, that's great uh evan said it though this like i said last podcast for the year for us but seriously thank you so much for coming on kevin i uh we threw this together not uh just earlier this week out of the blue and so i'm really glad i reached out because uh mm-hmm. like i said you you we taught you some things you taught us a bunch of things the best is all we can do. Uh, it's, it's the Pinocchio lesson again. Ah, it's so good. <laughs> but really, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to, uh, before I wrap us up, uh, tell people where to find you on social media? Uh, I'm at Kevin said Jacobs on Twitter and We're Instagram. Gonna link Twitter is the much better follow. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Instagram is as much as people want to hate on Twitter these days. I do too, but but tr- my content is a lot better. <laughs> he's there great on Twitter. No, he's he's not lying. We'll link it as well for people so they can uh, so they can find it easy. But seriously, yeah, thank you again for coming. If you like this episode, we have a ton more episodes that you can find on Apple, Spotify, and also on YouTube now. Please go subscribe on YouTube. We're trying to get our YouTube subscribers up. And you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Two Dudes Watch Cartoons. And um, yeah, if you're on Apple Podcast or Spotify, you can rate and review us. We're trying to get all those metrics down. We've been very lackadaisical about it. You guys keep us afloat, so thank you. But uh, we're, we're getting on it. 2023 is going to be a big year for us. And uh, like I said, phenomenal movie. It's crazy that I think we ended on what could possibly have been my favorite movie of the year. Um, but yeah, thank you, you all again. You say that every time. I'm so bad. No, okay. New movie. <laughs> I know Fantastic Mr. Okay. Fox. I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is the best thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad about that. I can be. I'm 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 excitable. I get excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you guys again. Uh Evan Raff was happier. <laughs> that will do it for this episode of Two Dudes Watch Cartoons. Happy holidays. We will catch you in the new year. Two dudes watch cartoons.